If you want to become a professional in this country, you simply must have money. I don't mean to be disrespectful by saying this, but that's the reality. Some NPL clubs are charging up to $2,700 in junior fees per year, which actually ranks as the most expensive football junior fees in the world. Artichoke, here we go with another episode of The Four Man Wall, a podcast on Australian football slash soccer at its finest. A bit of a different one today, as for the very first time on this podcast, we have a special expert guest coming in to share their thoughts. Joining me today is committee member slash player for the Footscray Rangers, as well as my good buddy, it must be said, Ed Bryant. Eddie, how are you this fine Sunday? Very well, thank you, Jashan. Thank you for having me on the program. I'm really looking forward to this. You know what? I consider this a program as well. That's that's good. I like that kind of uh, that nomenclature. Makes makes <laughs> me sound very professional and official. That's that's lovely. Um, first things first, I guess. Introduce yourself and the club and and what we're all about here today. Uh, yeah. So my name's Edwin. Um, I am a committee member at my local football club or soccer club, if you will, to Americanize the term. Indeed. It's Grey United Rangers FC. We are a club that was started up in 2016. Basically, we were started up as a club that goes against the grain in many ways, in the sense that we are founded on the basis that a lot of different cultures were struggling to really um, participate in football in Australia, in Melbourne. So we as a club, uh, saw how divisive football was becoming and we decided to form the club. I wasn't a founding member myself, but um, there are still some founding members of the club. So in 2016, they started up the club to basically be an inclusive place for all people. Basically started as a men's club, first and foremost, on the basis of trying to improve mental health okay. for a lot of local people in Footscray. And so the club started from there, and we began by participating in the uh, uh, Vic Soccer division, divisions, which is a private league. Okay. So Vic Soccer is um, separate to the rest of the football hierarchy in Australia. Separate to the FFA and, and Football Victoria and, and et cetera. Et cetera That's et cetera, correct. Cetera. That's correct, Sean. So basically, okay. um, as you, you're all aware, um, each – so we have the FFA, Football Federation of Australia, and then in each state uh, – we have their own football organisation. So we have yes. Football Federation in Victoria, uh, which is where we are recording today. Oh, oh fantastic. We love to hear it. This, that's a new establishment as well, right? You've just moved to Football Victoria. Yeah, so the club, uh, last year, we undertook the application process to move from the Vic Soccer competition over to the Football Federation uh, of Victoria. Okay. So we're very and excited about that. And that's been met with success. Yeah, met with success. So we're um, joining in the Metropolitan Leagues there. And, um, yeah, we're really happy about that. But we are a very community-centric club. Uh, many of our objectives are to make the, basically bring the best out of the community and do what we can for the community. So we participate in a lot of voluntary work, both in and out of the club. So we have worked with Food Bank Victoria. We've worked with um, Victoria University. So we have a lot of community partners mm-hmm. who we do a lot of voluntary work with. But, yeah. Yeah, the club's really come a long way. There's some really impressive people at the club. For example, uh, our outgoing president. So he was president up until the end of uh, last year. 
Uh, Nathan McLean, who's now the club vice president, has done a lot of work in the community. Was he one of the founding members who really instilled He was one of the founding members. So he has done a substantial amount of work. And we're, we're actually to the point now where we're opening up a physio clinic at the club. Okay. which will be free for all of our members. So just doing exciting things like that oh, yeah. to improve both men and hopefully women in the f- near future and also juniors as well, their physical and mental health. Okay. So that the, that's basically the key philosophies of the club. Yeah, hell yeah. We'll get back to the um, the move to Football Victoria later because that is something I think our viewers... We, we've talked about it a fair bit on other podcasts is kind of the grassroots set up in Australia and how difficult it can be to provide that for kids and, and even and young men around the country. But yeah, to focus on that kind of community aspect you mentioned. So just explain to us like what exactly... How is that unique, I guess, to the rest of the footballing community in Australia? So it's unique in a sense that I feel football clubs often aren't that in sync with the community. So a few clubs that I've played for, and I, I won't name names, um, I feel are very, they, they, you know, from a certain interpretation, they are community-centric, but they're only community-centric to a certain part of the community. Yeah. So I think the club is unique in a sense that we try to serve all members of the community. Okay. So we never want to say no to anyone who comes to our club. That's a big key philosophy. About Unless they're trash at football. Unless they're trash. We accept <laughs> uh, players of all abilities. So if you're free on uh-huh. Tuesday and Thursday nights and live in the Footscray area, then come down. I see. Just like little, little kick-arounds, or is that like an actual competition you guys host? So we participate in a um, competition as well. Uh, we do have social memberships, but we are mostly competing in a competition. But we have, yeah. we have, we play with players of all abilities. So we've got a few different teams going on. And in addition to that, a big aspect of our community involvement has been the development of our all abilities team. Mm-hmm. There's two strands with the all abilities team. That is, there is cerebral palsy mm-hmm. and uh, ID football, which is intellectual disability. Okay. And that's something I know I was talking to Nathan last year about that kind of being a real goal of the club to set that up. How difficult was it to kind of develop the All Abilities team and, and how kind of difficult was it to establish that? Oh, yes, it was, it was, it was very difficult. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure Nathan would, would echo my the difficulties that, I, that, we, that, that the club faced. And we're still having those difficulties today is just trying to find um, people who are participants, willing participants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a, 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 just a hard thing for a lot of people who might be shy or scared to come down. Of course. But, you know, the club, um, as I said before, really uh, thrives on being a welcoming environment for people of all abilities. We're really hoping that that will help us solve some of those initial struggles. Absolutely. And I guess joining Football Victoria, who have leagues set up um, in that vein, will probably help to drum up interest. That's I absolutely imagine. correct, John. So basically, with Football Federation Victoria, it's just much more structured for us. Yes. And um, from the competition where we've come from, that it's much more organized. There's, there's, a lot more, there's a lot more going on. Basically, in the competition we've come from, um, there was only men's football on offer. Okay. But the competition like senior men's and junior men's senior or men's, just seniors? Only senior men's. So yeah, exclusively yeah, okay. only senior men's. And now we've come over um, to Football Federation Victoria, as mentioned. Basically, 
there's so much more on offer. There's not only senior men's, there's senior women's, which we really hope to, we will expand into. Um, mm-hmm. There's also juniors, boys and girls. And then they all ha- also have all abilities teams as well, which is really, really cool. So yeah, we've had quite a few participants come down for the all abilities team last year. We had about five consistent participants yeah, yeah. last year. So that's been really exciting. So about five participants each week. And we, we do our trainings on Saturdays. Uh, we actually had our first game last year as well against another team in the community, uh, our local community, which also have a similar team set up. Fantastic. That was really exciting um, and a big moment for the club. So so coming into this year with, with the move, how many more teams and, and, and structures have you been looking to set up in 2023? So we're looking to set up three senior men's teams. Okay. As, did you just have one last year? We or, had or two? four last year, but we're looking to just um, decrease into three just because uh, we had issues with commitment and stuff like that going on. So we just thought it would be a safer option to look with three teams, to, to book in with three teams. Uh, we're also yeah. looking to have another all abilities team as well. So the same as last year. Okay. So keep that team going ahead. And we also have uh, uh, in the future um, looking to ex- expand into having both um, a juniors and a women's team as well. Okay. So we haven't set up the juniors team just yet, but that's something you're working towards soon actively actively, actively. Working towards i see so actively, that's something actively. we we really we, that that is a priority for us at the moment okay fantastic but we have grown so rapidly in in the six or seven years since we've been around mm-hmm. we've grown so rapidly from basically 13 people who just got together every week in a park yeah. to basically being a club where we have even a, part, a community partnership with West United as well. Uh, yes, I, I'm very looking. I'm looking forward to talking about that. West Did you know that on the weekend, West United they played a game, a home game, and there were only five people in their support bay. You oh, really? Like to see it. Really? Yeah. Well, well, we're, we're trying to change that as we are in that catchment. Where, where I think a few of us have now become um, West United fans as a result. Of course, if they're showing support, you've got to show support the so, other way, right? So they're quite an interesting club, and we're really happy to have them. Um, we're a community partner of theirs, so only five fans. Where were they playing? Oh, mate, you're asking a guy who runs an A-Leagues podcast, and I would not have a clue. Hold on. <laughs> I saw the result, oh, but I didn't see Oh, it. okay, Western Sydney. They were Western Sydney, Sydney. Well, that, well, that explains it. It is a bit it. of a trip. That explains it. it. Your focus on community, just real quick, have you found that, because obviously you have grown very rapidly, have you seen that focus on community be reflected by the Footscray populace? Like, how much, how much of a support is there? How much support, like active support? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For now, it's just friends and family, but it, it is quite nice when you get um, people from the community who are walking past to come and watch and stuff like that. Uh, we, mm-hmm. we often run barbecues as well. People from the community come and buy some products from the barbecue. And yeah. we have a lot of sponsors as well. So they're part of our community as well. But yeah, yeah. It's, like it's, uh, laugh window roller shutters, yes? Yes, yes. Aha. Fantastic. So all of our sponsors are wonderful supporters of the club and what we've been doing. Um, and they're all members of the community, our local community. So yeah. And those kind of relationships and sponsorships, is that something you're involved in in terms of going out and finding them? Uh, for example, oh, the Western United partnership, for example, is that? Basically, the, the president is re- mostly responsible for those um, yeah. partnerships. Some are friends and family of the club. 
Some actually club members themselves who own these businesses. But yeah, it's, it's a mixture of all those um, sources. Well, that kind of ties into the whole community focus, right? If you've got your yeah, friends and family showing their support and, and obviously we've I've talked about this a lot, but there isn't a lot of government support for grassroots football in Australia, despite the overwhelming you know, participation numbers. That's the that's a, that's an excellent point. I think that's been a real issue with football in Australia. I think that's been a, a a recurring issue in a sense that I think naturally you have to compare uh, Australian rules football, start to compare them. You look at the local grassroots level of Australian rules football. If you go down on a Saturday to your local club for an AFL club, you would probably see an a, a former AFL player there. They're probably, mm-hmm. probably getting paid quite well. But on the other hand, soccer has never had that sort of um, support behind it. Mm-hmm. And you look at grassroots soccer for, for, for if they want to pay a wage to their seniors players, usually that is at the expense of the juniors because sponsorship will only only cover that to a certain extent. But you look at, um, I've had some personal experiences myself at other clubs where I, a lot of my junior fees were, were supplementing the, the wages of mm-hmm. a lot of senior players. So the fees were ex- probably ten times the size of what I was playing at, paying at AFL. Yeah, which isn't so. I think sadly a lot of people are priced out of playing soccer, and I think that's been a really big issue in Australia. You look at some of the A League attendances, and it, it's lackluster to say the very least. And I think that becomes as a result as uh, as the gr- grassroots level itself not having that proper investment absolutely and that yeah that'll obviously price out families and, and kids who any if you're a club like yourself who wants to focus on community and get as many people in as possible what do you do to kind of combat that like have you like for example how much work is put into fundraising at your club to kind of give let's say lower income families more of a chance to play in future that's been a huge thing for us is uh trying to so we have had fundraisers in the past. So as I said, we mm-hmm. do sausage sizzles. We've done those at Buddings. Uh, so we do a lot of fundraising. Um, and, and we do try and seek those community partners and sponsors to... To, to help out. To help out, to help out. And that really helps us. Um, we've ma- managed, hopefully, put ourselves in a, a situation and I, I think uh, a position, sorry, um, to, to try and hopefully... Um, reduce the costs associated with a lot of juniors uh, trying to enter into the the, company, um, the football world. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think it's a huge barrier um, for a lot of kids, especially in Melbourne. I don't think it's a, as big as an issue in rural areas, but I think it, especially in Melbourne, where, you right. know, even things like venue hire are, are quite expensive. So basically trying to remove those barriers. And I think it's a philosophy as well you know i think it's a policy thing as well i don't think it's purely having the financial resources but it's also a philosophy too where your priorities are as a club to work out how much of your how much you care about making removing those barriers and i think as a club we really really care about removing those barriers okay so with the move to football victoria actually shed some light like is there any government support at all? And, and will there be support from Football Victoria now that you're part of that system? Or is it purely just on you guys to, to raise the necessary funds to actually run as a football club? That's a really good question again, Jashan. So Thank you. I'm very good at asking questions. I appreciate that. <laughs> it's your job. 
Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. It's not a job until I get paid. So <laughs> it's a passion project. Indeed. Much like much like the, the Footscray Rangers football club. Indeed, yeah? indeed. Ah, indeed, my friend. So with government, uh, that's a... So as I said, it's a really good question because in the past in Vic Soccer we haven't had the chance to go for grants, mm-hmm. government grants, because uh, that that organization or that league wasn't affiliated with the government. Okay. So the government, the Victorian government, um, is a, is it's basically chosen Football Federation Victoria as its official sort of chosen organization. Yep. So all the other competitions that aren't the Victorian government, uh, sorry, um, aren't Football Federation Victoria, are considered private leagues. So that has really prevented us from applying for such grants. But in the future, we really hope to apply for those, those grants to help us. To help you guys grow and, and develop as you go. Yeah, so there's been a few grants which we've, we've gone for, and, and geographically, I think there's the neighbor West... Uh, the neighborhood fund for the um, some of the projects that happened with the state government. But okay. as of yet, I don't think we've been successful in getting any funding, but I hope to change that in the future. Sure. And I guess talk to me more about the actual application process for joining Football Victoria. Like how difficult was that? Was it quite tedious or was it a pretty streamlined experience? Oh, it was It was a very extensive uh, process. Okay. It, it took, took us about maybe... Eight months. That is a considerable <laughs> period of time. So it was, but but you, you really start to understand why, because they just need to do their due diligence to make sure a, a big philosophy and one that we're we're really excited about of Football Federation Victoria is, is their aim to have equal representation for women and men. Okay. So that's one we're, we're really really endeavouring to achieve, and we will achieve. Um, okay. Is establishing 50-50 representation for women and men in soccer in Australia. So is that a necessity to join um, FV to, to show that, hey, we have an intention of, of putting together a senior women's side? That was a big part of the process. They would definitely, okay. yeah. So, that's awesome. So that's, yeah, it's awesome that they're, that was part of the reason why it was so extensive was basically showing that you you have an intention to start a women's mm-hmm. team because as, as of now we don't, we have some female representation in our all abilities team and on our committee but as of now we don't have a formal women's team set up yet but showing that intention to change that and develop a program like that in the future is really a big part of the process and do you have to pay football victoria in order to join or is it just an application in and of itself so is this an application process to become an affiliate Okay. And then from there, you enter teams into the competition, and that's where the financial commitment comes in. So if you enter a team in, that's where the cost will come. But yeah, it's it's quite a long process, but it has to be a long process to really make sure that, that we as, as an organization are committed to, you know, our philosophies are congruent with their philosophies as an organization as well, to make sure that football continues to grow in this country. Yeah, well, that's that's the goal, isn't I it? I think many of us at the club think that um, the future of football lies with with women's football, and and especially with the the women's World Cup happening this year in in Melbourne and in, in Australia. Yeah, I yeah. think it is the future for Australian football. Definitely part of it. Okay. 
And now that you're part of FV, what kind of where whereabouts is the club within the wider, like the broader spectrum of national football, like uh, divisionally, um, etc. Yeah, right. So um, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a pyramid um, in many ways. The football federation. So so obviously you got the A League first, Quite. and then in each state. Um, sorry, uh, that's changed recently. They've just announced that. Um, at, on Friday, that there will be a second division. So then you'll have well, your the second intention division. to create a second division. I so don't that's know your federal. Um, that's your federal level. So those two leagues, uh, the first league and the proposed league, will be your, your national levels. Levels. Then you look at the state levels. So in Victoria, um, and this changes from state to state. You've got Saturday and Sunday competitions for men's. This is for men's. It's a bit different for women's, and I'll explain more about that in a second. But for men's, on Saturdays, you've got State League and MPL. I think they play on different days. But MPL is the first league, with the, the highest division in Victoria. And I'm pretty sure MPL is in each state as well. Yes, yes, it is. Then you have on that, below that pyramid, um, below that league, you've got MPL 2. You can be promoted or relegated to uh, go up and down the pyramid. And then below that, you've got State League 1 up until State League 5. And each geographical area of Victoria has their own state league, or most should anyway. It sort of depends on how much, um, how many clubs are in each uh, area. For example, state mm-hmm. league, there's a lot of clubs in the west suburbs, and we have state league one northwest, and all the way up to state league five west. So you sort of get promoted to your geographical area. So if you win state league five west, you go up to state league four west, okay, and then all the way up to MPL. So that's how it looks on Saturdays. And then Sundays, which is where our club will be entering our teams this year, is what we mm-hmm. call the Metropolitan League. Okay. So the Metropolitan Metropolitan Leagues uh, has, I think, a similar situation with the geographical areas. So you've got uh, Metro 1 West all the way up to Metro 9 or 10, I think. There is promotion with these um, leagues. So Metro 10, you can get promoted to Metro 1, but I think it's less strict. It's more fluid than State League. As in, what, there, are, there are more promotional spots, or as in, kind of, it's, it's just easier? It's more fluid in the sense that, like, some teams, the, the, the teams kind of chop and change a lot more than State League. Right. Because it's, it, it's kind of less structured, I, I, from my understanding. So there is, that you know, if a team wins State League 5, uh, Metro 5, they will go up to Metro 4 but cannot have the option to go up to Metro 3 as well. So they kind of move around a bit more to sort of okay. fill up where like, where they're most suited. I, that's my understanding anyway, and that's what I've been told. Yeah, no, I get you. So we've just come in. We, we haven't – our club will not start at Metro 10. Mm-hmm. We might start at Metro 3 or 4. So that hasn't been decided yet. That hasn't been decided yet, no. So that's how it works on Metro for Sundays. Now, women's, they just have Staley for women's, and they've got MPL as well, I'm pretty sure. But we um with with women's there's state league one to state league five, but there's less. I see. Okay, and and for the metro for the metro system in the men's does does that lead into the NPL as well, or is that just its own? thing? Yeah, so metro is its own thing as well. So when you're in the metro competition, you do not um, participate in the football federation Australia Cup, FFA Cup. Yep. You okay. purely just compete in that competition. But if you're in the state leagues and the NPL, then you do participate in the FFA Cup. Okay. So will are you, I guess, aiming to at some point join the state league system? That's a really good question. Um, so we, 
it's a big financial commitment. Okay. So well, I think the registration fees are a bit higher in that. Yeah, the registration. The, obviously, there's there's huge appeals there. Like you do get to move up and down the leagues. Like there's mm-hmm. a it's a it's a bit of a you join the pyramid, you get to compete in the FFA Cup, things like that. Um, that are really appealing. But for now, our club's pretty content, and a lot of clubs actually elect to play on Sundays. Because okay. a few of our players can't actually, for, for religious reasons, play on Saturdays as well. So we're, we're pretty much purely a Sunday league club for now. I see. Some clubs have both where they, they compete. And I might add as well, in state league, you have a seniors and a reserves competition. So you have to have two teams as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah I get you. To compete in that competition. So they Which play on the same. A lot, a lot of numbers and a lot of people to maintain. And, and obviously... Yeah, it's, play, a, it's right? a lot. It's a lot. And, and you know, I think we're just trying to to build the foundations before we make the jump because we don't end up like a team that just financially has this commitment every year and we're just being stuck at the bottom of the pyramid. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, to get the structures in place first is essential. I tend to agree. You know, to get a women's team and to get a juniors before we we'd consider a jump like that because, as I said, it's a huge financial commitment, uh, much more than... Metropolitan League. Metropolitan League's more designed to be more of a plug and play. All right, there are lots of football clubs out there. And so for the, the women's side of things, when are you hoping to have that set up by and, and implement? Uh, uh, 2024. Right, that's the goal. Yeah, and is that the goal. goal for juniors as well? And uh, uh, Yes, yes. I see. You've got lots of recruiting to do over the next... We uh, do. <laughs> we do. <laughs> but uh, we've really noticed that, that Facebook has been a, a really good way to, to, to introduce people. Mm-hmm. And a big challenge we've had is trying to, trying to preserve the nature of the, the the fun nature of the club and the inclusive nature of the club. So we do that by people who come down. We get them when they register and they're really keen on playing with us. We get them to sign a, a code of conduct, okay, just to make sure that you know they're respecting the volunteers, other players, other you know referees, like you know they're they're not racist or showing yeah. the other sides of inappropriate behavior so just trying to do things like that that's been a big challenge of ours but we're really happy with how we're preserved uh the, you know those founding and fleeting sorry not fleeting um founding <laughs> uh the, the ideologies that yeah really kind the of founding for, philosophies yeah. of the club mm. so, that, that really underpin what i think makes a club a unique place have you had to turn away people who have <laughs> caused a bit of trouble? <laughs> yes, sadly, sadly, uh, but, yeah, but it was necessary. Trouble. For sure. Well, yeah, if that's kind of ingrained into your club, that, that philosophy, then obviously you have to kind of treat it as, a, as sacrosanct. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, this is the first Footscray club that has joined Football Victoria, I believe, in 33 years, according to Nathan's write-up. Uh, on the website there earlier today yes yes so we've done the full circle so footscray has a really rich uh heritage of football um Mm -hmm. as you you would have read in the article and and check that article article out as well if you're listening to this podcast and there's some really valuable information there obviously footscray has a lot of uh, a very proud um multicultural history it's a melting pot it's a melting pot definitely and it, it still is to this day proudly and it's had a lot of successes, I think, as well. It's had a lot of notorious moments too, as you read in the in the write up. But but I think we've really, you know, we're completely separate to those clubs. But we still hope to to bring those, you know, carry forth that history. And you know, we're back in the in the 
Football Federation now, and and we're the actual. I think we're the only club with Footscray in our name at this time, which is so crazy for such a, a big area. It is a very large area. Large you know, it's it's a rural, not not a rural city. Sorry, <laughs> where's my mind at? It's a it's a one of the hubs. No, you're of, you're of doing Melbourne. great. Deep breath, Eddie. You're doing great. It's fine. We're in one of the hubs of Melbourne in Footscray, so absolutely, it's very um very multicultural. But uh, but yeah, what I was kind of getting at is obviously you know like you say. The, the club's ideologies are very important, but also how, how important, I guess, is, well, not to sound cynical, but winning and, and competition success. Obviously, you have won a title in Vic Soccer, Div 1, back in 2018. What kind of ambition does the club hold moving forward? Like, how far up the, the ladder do you want to kind of get one day? Oh, yeah, we, you know, I, I, think, I think naturally your ambition always takes you to the top, you know? I think you always want to win every game and, um, you know, that's that's at the end of the day that's what you want obviously like the club still has other priorities but i don't think in any way that they're, they're competing priorities yeah okay i think we you know we love winning so um winning more titles would be lovely and hopefully this year we can we can take a clean sweep from all the metropolitan leagues the respective metropolitan leagues that um, our club is joining mm-hmm. so hopefully we can we That'd can be a nice way to announce yourselves to the rest of the competition yeah definitely definitely add some more uh, trophies to the cabinet um, you know, pull a reverse Spurs. <laughs> oh, man's dropping flyby's to Tottenham Hotspur. <laughs> hey, mate, mate, Arsenal lost to goddamn Everton last night, so you can't be cocky, all right? I thought this was oh, an man. Australian football podcast. This It is, but I mean, banter is banter, brother. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. But yeah, we're, we're, you know, we, set, we set the bar high regardless, and, and we've, we've got a really cool coach at the club, as well, some really cool coaches at the club, full stop. Um, you know, we've got a very seasoned coach who used to coach in the NSL. Is this Coach Bill? Yes, this is Coach Bill. So he's, he's mm. very experienced. He used to coach Oakley. So he's coached many oh, clubs right? in, in Victoria. We, yeah, we're very lucky to have Bill on board. And we've also got a great reserves coach named Darren. So he's new to the club. He's from England. So, And we've got some other coaches on board as well. We've got a goalkeeping coach this year. So yeah, we're really lucky to have some some really good volunteers and and helps around the club. I think it, how, how difficult is that to set up those systems to to generate a proper coaching team? You know, at the kind of like a grassroots level that you're up. Oh, it's is really it, difficult, it kind of and and you lots know, lots of volunteering or it is lots of volunteering. It is, it is, and and you know, it's it's really hard to 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 get some interest. But you know, we're past that now, thankfully, uh, where we have some really awesome people in the club who are who are very very helpful and actively you know wanting to make us reach those standards that we talked before of winning and we're very fortunate for all players volunteers sponsors coaches alike yeah the western united for example how did that come to pass like how did you get support from one of the a-league teams uh so that was that was actually part of our football federation victoria um ffv application okay so someone from ffv actually heard about um contacted nathan and mentioned something about um, western united wanting looking for um community partners and from there yeah we've become a community partner fantastic so that's kind of western's way of of reaching out to i suppose grassroots fans yeah 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 as you said before um they're, they're they're struggling with attendance i think western united but I think it's a really good club. 
and you know I, I think you know they've they've really proven themselves already by winning the the Premiership last year. Sorry, it's the Championship. The correct terminology. Yeah, there's the Premiership and there's the Championship. I think City are the Premiers and and West United. Yeah, sorry, my my, my big my pardon. Nah, it's it's very confusing. I don't know why we do. That. <laughs> really I actually really TV, hope we I move suppose. towards a, a league format. Yeah, me too. Just keep it one trophy, and then yeah. the cup can be the cup. Yeah, maybe. exactly. Because that's how it is at, at a that's how it is at a grassroots level anyway. But it's just weird that in, in many ways I feel the A League is not in sync with grassroots football. And I think a perfect example of that was as a kid, I remember always being really eager to watch the A-League, but actually it was always on Foxtel. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I never had the opportunity unless I was lucky enough to go to a game, uh, a live game, attend a live game. But other than that, it was sort of going on in my own city without me really even knowing anything about it. You know, I'm sure you feel the same way. Well, it, it, it speaks to, you know, there's expensive registration fees and it's it was expensive back then just to even uh, watch the league. And even now these days, obviously, it's on Paramount, but half the time the Paramount app doesn't even work and, you know, you can't you can't rewind live games or pause live games. It's just, yeah, there are so many barriers. On top of that, it's still a paid service, you know. Exactly. I'm not quite sure, um, but do they still uh, show uh, free-to-air games? There are two free games a week. On, on 10, I think 10 secondary channel, I forget what it is. It's like 10 bold, I think it's called. But on top of that as well, no one really has channel 10 on the TV <laughs> as well. Like, I yeah, personally have it on my computer and I've checked 10 in the past and, and, you know, they don't have the rights. They don't have 10 bold, don't have the, you know, free to air rights. It, it, it's a shame that obviously like, cost cost barriers play such a large role, large, large role, I should say. That's exactly right. I, I think there's so many barriers you know, that we've, we've already discussed today. And, and, you know, if we can do our little part in the community, I think football will get there eventually. Of course. Fingers crossed. Has has the partnership with Western United resulted in a bit more support coming through, vice versa? Or? It's very much in its infancy. Mm-hmm. So we're still actively... Well, well I think it's... it's it's uh, Firstly, I think a lot of people have started to, to really notice Western United, the club. So a few of us have talked about going to games and, and showing, you know, uh, declaring our support for the club. In return, I, I think Western United will definitely help us out. For example, some of their players uh, will attend training sessions when we have juniors programs set up. Okay, well, that's fantastic. And just small, ince- like really cool incentives like that, which is small, but I think make a huge difference in, in people's lives. Oh, for sure. If a little kid meets, you know, John Aloisi, for example, and you know, Australian hero, like that's that's pretty important. Yeah, exactly right, exactly right. It's just those small things that that really make a difference. Oh, fantastic. Well, I guess uh, before we wrap things up, is there any other points you want to address about the club? Any shout outs, perchance? Any big events coming up? <laughs> just a shout out to the coaches, the committee members, the players um, that make the club what it is, and and you know some of the other clubs we've come up against with as well, uh, like Melbourne University Soccer Club is great, you know. And it's always nice just to get together and, and, and play against these teams um, that, that care much about the game and the community as we Fantastic. do. Fantastic. I love that sentiment. See, it's the sentiments like that that have you selected as a finalist for the upcoming 2023 City of Maribyrnong Civic Award, Yes, Eddie. we're very excited about that as well as a committee. Fantastic. Is that kind of like, do you feel like that's the work you put into developing a positive community around the club is, it was yeah, absolutely. recognized in that sense. Absolutely. And just, just the welcoming environment that we have established down there, 
and also obviously the work we've been doing with the All Abilities Program. Of course. All right, fantastic. Well, it's been a very it's been a very positive chat, I reckon. Um, Thank it's you nice very much. To, it's nice to hear that there are, I guess, footballing bodies out there with such a passion for the club, but also a passion for people. I think is what's kind of yeah, cool. yeah. Like I always go out of my way to to you know welcome anyone who comes down. Uh, I I really put a lot of that classic Eddie Green. <laughs> I really put a lot of uh, effort into that because uh, I know how it is personally. You know, to 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 not truly belong somewhere. You know, I, I personally, I, I you know I've had a, as I said a lot of been to a lot of different clubs and and not really felt welcome, and that was a, a big uh, motivator towards me looking to play elsewhere. And finding foot's great. Yeah, there, there there tends to be a sense of exclusivity with with certain clubs. I find. Yeah, so definitely. And I, you know, I don't think that's restricted to football. I think it's restricted no. to sports as a whole. Uh, I think naturally, it just you know, it, there is a bit of a them and us approach. But I think if I can just chisel away at that, and you know, the people at the club can help me chisel away at that as they do every day then that's all I can ask Fantastic. For. All right, well, uh, thank you very much, Edwin. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for having me aboard, Jashan, and oh. best of luck with your wonderful podcast. Thank you, brother. Much obliged. You can check us out on uh, Instagram at Online Hub Media. Uh, there's a Facebook page that I never really attend to. I probably should. And uh, onlinehubmedia.com is the website. You can check us out on Spotify, rah, 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 all that fun stuff. <laughs>